0: home we knew we were safe to be young enough to dream found the faith to believe welcome to the podcast life to the fool with nancy campbell founder and publisher of above rubies where we learn to forgive in that home hello ladies oh it is so- such a beautiful fall day as I look out this window and see the lovely leaves turning yellow and red and gold. It's always such a wonderful time of the year, isn't it? Well, let's get back to our series. We're now doing What Do We Do in This Great Land of Motherhood? Uh, Number one was possess the land and uh, we're still on this number one point. But now we're talking about what stops us from possessing the land. And we've talked about uh, how unbelief can stop us, fear can stop us. And now today we're going to talk about discouragement. We we talked about that last time, but I want to share a little bit more with you uh, on this subject because I think this is something that many mothers face. Oh, it's so easy to get discouraged, isn't it, dear mothers? But before we go on to this point, I want to tell you about a scripture that we read this week. In fact, it was a scripture that popped up in one of our prayer boxes I've told you before how that we love our prayer boxes Every morning and evening when we have our family devotions We use uh, usually two of our prayer boxes I have about nine different ones on different subjects And we had chosen um, our prayer box about praying for Israel And in our prayer boxes, I do also have a lot of scriptures because, ladies, it's so good to pray the scriptures, isn't it? To pray the word of God. You know you're in the will of God when you're praying the word of God. Sometimes we pray and, you know, often we don't know whether we're really praying the right thing, although God sees our hearts. That's so wonderful. But this scripture was Jeremiah 32, 31. And it's a promise uh, from God about bringing his people back to the land. There are hundreds of scriptures in the word of God talking about bringing his people back to the land. And and right now we are continuing to live in this season of of. Bible prophecy where God has already brought back so many and is still bringing back his people to the land of Israel even though they were scattered to the four corners of the earth God promised that he would bring them back to their land and he says here yes I will rejoice over them to do them good and I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. What an amazing promise. But, ladies, do you, do you just feel the compassionate heart of God in this scripture? He doesn't just say, and yes, I will bring my people back to the land. No, he says, I will plant them in this land assuredly. Wow, what a word. Assuredly. With my whole heart and with my whole soul. And this was God's longing and heart for them. He wants his people in his land that he chose for them. He wants to plant them in the land because he chose this land for them this is where he wants them to be and ladies we are taking these scriptures into our land of motherhood and it is true God has this same heart for you in your land of motherhood he wants to plant you in this land He doesn't want you to be just on the edge of it with your toe in it. No, he wants to plant you in this beautiful land of motherhood because this is the land he chose for you. He wants to dig you into it. That's what you do when you plant something. You have to dig into the dirt to plant it. And so he wants to dig us in. So we're established. And when we're established, established, when we're planted strongly and our roots are down, then we can grow. Sadly many mums don't grow in their land of motherhood. They're just there and they're so shallowly in it that they're just dry and wilting. They're not lush and growing because they're not planted. But God will plant you as you let him. And as you make this your uh, purpose, knowing that this is God's wondrous purpose for you. And he wants to do it with all his heart and with all his soul. And he wants us to have that same, uh, that same purpose too. That we, we, will, we want to plant ourselves in this great land of motherhood with all our hearts. And with all our souls, oh, I hope you're blessed by that scripture and you'll take hold of it uh, in your land of motherhood. And and you won't be a little plant that's kind of, you know, hardly planted and and it's not growing any fruit because it's not planted deeply. We can only produce fruit. Fruit and we can only live in the fullness and the glory of motherhood And the lushness of motherhood When we're planted We've got to be planted ladies Amen Okay, back to our talking about discouragement Deuteronomy one twenty eight is talking about going into the land And uh, some of the people said Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our heart. You know, that's where you get discouraged, isn't it? It's in your heart. You can get discouraged in your heart. I know it's easy. I can get discouraged too. In fact, at the moment I have a concern, something I'm grieving about, and I could get really discouraged, but... I have to do something about it, and we'll talk about what we have to do in a moment. But let's look at another scripture, Deuteronomy 32, 7. And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord God hath given them? It seems that whenever God has a purpose for for us and his plan for us, there will always be those who discourage it. And that discouragement comes from the enemy because discouragement comes from the devil. It never comes from God. When you're discouraged, you've got to know where it's coming from, dear ladies. It's coming from the devil. Now, he may be using somebody else to say things into your life which discourage you or say things about you which make you discouraged. Or you even have to face circumstances that discourage you. But let's see. Okay, verse 9 of Numbers 32. For when they went up to the valley of Eskol and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel, that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was in. Kindled, God was wrath. Although I think you say wrath here in America, I grew up saying wrath. Um, but anyway, God was angry because those spies—they uh, discouraged the people. Yes, Deuteronomy one twenty one. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set. The land before thee Go up and possess it As the Lord God of thy fathers Hath said unto thee Fear not Neither be discouraged God says those words to you today Mother Oh yes I know There's so many things That come against you To discourage you There's always people Who are going to say all these Kind of derogatory things about you And why are you staying home To look after these children When you could be out Just earning so much money In your career And they discourage you In your powerful calling of motherhood You get discouraged from this one And that one And there's always someone To say something negative to you And just make you feel lousy And Down in the dumps. Oh, yes. Discouragement is all around us, isn't it? But the other day, I was reading in the book of Ezra. And I noticed in chapter four. Yes, I think it's chapter four. And I saw there four different ways the enemy comes to just bring us down, discourage us and stop us from the great work that God has given us to do. And as I read them, these were the things that they tried to stop them from building the wall. Your people had come back from Babylon and um, they were rebuilding the temple. And but the their enemies and adversaries all around them were trying to stop them and uh, That's what the devil is doing He's always trying to stop us Do the perfect will of God And when God gives us children The perfect will of God for us Is to embrace these children To mother and nurture these children To raise them in the home Not out of the home No, in the home God has given the home to raise children He doesn't want them out there In daycares And out with people Who don't walk with God He wants his children to be raised In his presence And uh, So the enemy comes To discourage us And to stop us doing what, he, what the Lord wants us to do So let's look at this passage Shall we It's in Ezra Let's see here, Ezra Going over here to find Ezra Um, Okay, we're getting to it Yes, here it is, Ezra chapter 4 And in verse 4 it says that these adversaries And we know that the devil is our adversary, the adversary, the devil. That's what the Bible calls him, our adversary, the devil. And it says their adversaries, the devil was using these people, weakened the hands of the people. Now, nearly every other translation of that scripture says they discouraged the people. And that's what the word literally means, to discourage. But of course, if we're discouraged, well, we're going to be weakened, aren't we? When you're discouraged, you feel weak. You're not, you know, you don't feel, I'm just ready to go. I can take on anything in the world. No, you just feel weak and useless. That's what discouragement does to us. And the Berean study Bible says, then the people of the land set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to build. They hired counsellors against them to frustrate their plans. And and so they tried to just get them down to weaken them. And uh, so, lovely ladies, when we're in this place, Maybe you're going through something now and you're feeling very discouraged. Maybe you're even feeling discouraged with, you know, you're maybe homeschooling and you're feeling discouraged. You're not really making it. You just feel helpless. One, oh, I don't know how I can even do this. Dear mothers, it's the enemy who puts these discouraging thoughts in your mind. And, and so we've got to realize, the first thing we have to realize Is that discouragement comes from the enemy So what are we going to do? Number one, we've got to encourage our soul Oh, that's such an important thing to do In Psalm, uh, Psalm 40, 42 verses 5 and verse 11 and 43 verse 5, three times David the psalmist says the same thing. Three times we read the scripture. Okay, let's read verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help. Of his countenance And so we see here That David is, is feeling pretty down And um, that often happens When you're reading the Psalms You see, oh, David is complaining About what he is facing And the enemy is against him and, But he never stays there You, you never finish a Psalm Without him coming into victory And putting his trust in the Lord And here he says, oh my soul, come on soul He talks to his soul And uh, sometimes we have to do that ladies Because it's in our soul, in our heart We get discouraged And so therefore we've got to speak to our soul Say, come on soul, get up Come on, put your hope in God And uh, yes, now this, um, this word Yes, because other translations say, why art thou discouraged? The word is, um, it's cast down here in the King James. But other translations say discouraged. Some translations say bowed down. But when we're feeling like this, we speak to our soul. Oh, thank you, Lord. I can trust in you. Oh, come on, soul. Come on, soul. Praise the Lord. He is my help. He is the help of my countenance. And down in verse 11, it says he is the health of my countenance. But the interesting word is thing, ladies, is that it's actually the same Hebrew word. Um, In both both scriptures, in one it says that he is my help. In the other scripture, it says, he is my health, but the same Hebrew word. It's the word Yeshua. And of course, that is the name of Jesus himself. And it means salvation, healing, deliverance, victory. And so we can speak to our soul and say, come on, soul, look up to your Savior Lord Jesus you are my salvation You are my deliverance You're my healing You're my health You're my victory And uh, so when you talk to your soul To get with it And look up to the Lord And look at him instead of looking at your problems It's amazing what happens And how your attitude changes Um, Talking about encouraging your soul I think of that story about David do you remember that story when David had been out um, doing battles and he came home he came back to Ziklag Z-I-K-L-A-G Ziklag and uh, this is the city in which he was living with all his fellow soldiers and let's see—it's Second Samuel, First Samuel, First Samuel, chapter thirty. And uh, oh, it's a sad story. David and all his soldiers had been out fighting, and they came home, and they came home to nothing. They came home to their city, and what did they see? Nothing. It had been burned. With fire, The Amalekites had come through And completely wiped out their city Where were their wives? Where were their children? They were all taken captive There were no wives or children There was nothing Can you imagine it? My, I think they were more than discouraged And uh, It It In fact, down we go down to verse 6, and it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. And so not only did David come home to nothing, but now his men were rising up against him, and they were going to stone him. What was he to do? And it also says here what they did. Verse 4, yes, um, they lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. There was not another tear left and they still didn't know what to do. But then David did something. At the end of verse 6, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He spoke to his soul just like he did in Psalm 42 and 43 and he encouraged himself and the Lord, God they've taken everything but Lord God, I look up to you. you are my God, I trust you, Lord. God, you are my deliverer. And as he looked to God, God then began to show him what to do. Now, ladies, there is a real principle here, and I have found this in my own life, and I'm sure you have too, that when you're discouraged and when you're bowed down and when you're taken up with all that you're going through, it so overwhelms you and so overtakes you that you can't even hear the voice of the Lord. All you hear is all the negative and and, and you just get more and more into your self-pity. And you never have an answer. You just stay in your rut. But we've got to come to that place of encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Lord God, you understand. This is all in your plan. You are bigger. I trust you. And as David looked up to the Lord, he then said, wow, get me an ephod. I want to hear from God. And I listened to God and God spoke to him, gave him a strategy, showed him what to do. He said, you go after them. And uh, so David and all his men, they went after the Amalekites. And you can read the whole story in First Samuel chapter 30, tells you how they did it and how they found them. And then verse 17, and then David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day, and there escaped not a man of them, save 400 who went off on camels. Verse 18, and David recovered all all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken. David recovered all. Isn't that great? But that only happened because he took his eyes off his discouragement, off the I mean, what could have been worse than they were facing? But he put his eyes upon the Lord. So that's what we have to do, ladies. Number one, we've got to speak to our soul and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Um, I love the Berean Bible study, well, study Bible, of Psalm 42, verses 5 and 11, where it says, he is the helper. Or the health of my countenance uh, This translation says He he is the salvation of his presence It's it's his presence As we look up to him We we begin to experience his presence again And uh, the next thing we have to do Is take hold of the word of God we can either stay in our our rut of despair or we can take hold of God's word. I love Psalm 146. There's a little scripture there, Psalm 146, and it's um, verse, verse, I wonder what verse it is. Let me take you to it. One hundred and forty-six, Verse 8 The Lord opens the eyes of the blind The Lord raises them that are bowed down The Lord loves the righteous That little phrase there The Lord raises them that are bowed down And, And this is the same thing of feeling discouraged, isn't it? When we're discouraged we feel bowed down. I can remember way, 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 way back when I was just a young mum and uh, I was facing a situation that was, it was really quite bad. And um, it was so bad that it was actually not just bowing me down in spirit, but I was totally bent over with the, with the weight of it and the grief of it. And um, until um, I learned how to get delivered, and, and I've never really experienced that before, because I learned my lessons, I learned my uh, strategies of victory. But but you can, it, unless you take hold of these principles, you can be not only bowed down in your heart, but you could your whole body can be bowed over. And I did experience that because I didn't know how to get the victory at that time. But this scripture says, and here's some other translations, the Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. That's the New Living Translation. The New Revised Standard Version says, the Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Good News Translation says, The Lord straightens the backs of those who are bent over. I like that because the literal meaning of um, being bowed down is um, bent over, just like I had experienced way, way back so many years ago. But the Lord can straighten our back. He lifts us up as we look unto him. And we can take the scripture and we say, thank you, Lord. You are the one who lifts up those who are bowed down. I don't have to say bow down. Lord, you see these circumstances. But I thank you that you are bigger. You can lift me up, even in the midst of them. I trust you, Lord. I thank you. And, and we take the scriptures and, and um, just get into the word. Read the Psalms. Take hold, as you're reading, take hold of a promise that God gives you and speak it out loud and and take it to yourself. And uh, thirdly, put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, you know how to do that, don't you? But sometimes we have to do these things. Another thing we can do is is to literally, no, I don't mean literally, I mean spiritually uh, to apply the precious blood of Jesus, which is our covering and which also has power to set us free, not only from uh, saving us from our sins, but also healing us and delivering us, because that is the Fullness of the word saved. That when Jesus saves us from our sins, the word is so and it also means to uh, to deliver, to heal, to make whole. And uh, it, there's such great fullness in that word. And uh, it comes through the precious blood of Jesus Way back in the Old Testament The priests, they had, uh, they, they had to The blood had to be applied uh, on, on their um, ears and, and on their hands and on their toes And, and then um, not only on the priests But all the people and the priests would take the blood And they would sprinkle it all over the people So they were covered With the blood Now we are not going to do that today But in that spiritual realm By faith we can ask the Lord to cover us With his precious blood It is such a powerful thing Even last night at our prayer meeting One of the brothers was sharing how that his two little children were so sick and coughing and, and, you know, just all just filled up with cough and cold and, and, and they couldn't sleep and, and he didn't know what to do. And Then he thought, wow, the power of the blood of Jesus. And so even though they were just little, a little um, four-year-old and a little toddler, he gave communion to them. In the middle of the night, guess what? They were immediately healed and went to sleep for the rest of the night. Isn't that amazing? Incredible testimony. And then also, we've been speaking spiritually, but also we do need to look after ourselves physically. Because even when you get weak, Physically, it can affect you spiritually, even even that can make you discouraged too. And so it is important to always live as a mother, not only giving your children, because you want to feed your children healthily, but you must look after yourself and feed yourself healthily. Whole foods, no refined foods, just keep yourself eating, you know, whole Foods, The foods that God gives you Not all the junk and the packaged food And the refined foods But eat wholesome foods And uh, don't get to bed too late These are things that can run you down physically And then they affect you spiritually And make you discouraged But God always has his answers for us Doesn't he? Amen? So, now you know how to defeat discouragement And first of all, knowing it comes from the enemy. And because it comes from the enemy, you're going to rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How did Jesus resist the devil? Matthew chapter 4. He spoke forth the word of God. Matthew 4 verse 4. Jesus said these words to the devil, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When we speak the words of God, his living words, we speak them out loud and we speak them to ourselves and we speak them to the devil, he has power and he flees. He doesn't like the word of God, he doesn't like the precious blood of Jesus. He doesn't want these things, but these are our, our um, weapons against the enemy. All right. Well, um, yes, the next point, um, it says they troubled them. We're going back to what they did when they were building the temple. Um, they actually, the word troubled them means to make them afraid. The word means to terrify, to palpitate, to be anxious, dismayed. And so they put fear uh, into the people uh, to try and stop them. We talked about that last session, I think, didn't we? About how fear can paralyze us. And he loves putting fear into our hearts. Oh, goodness me. If mothers were to listen to everything the medical profession said to them about having babies, I don't think anybody would ever have a baby. They're always putting fear into mothers. And, oh, this might happen. Oh, I don't think you could have any more children because of this, because of that. I mean, hell, things that might happen and most probably never will happen. It's never a surety. It's always just something that might happen. It's a fear of a fear. And so we do not take any notice of the fear that the enemy brings to us because fear also does not come from God. It comes from the enemy. Yes. So, and then the next thing they did, they hired counselors to frustrate them. Yes. Um. And that's interesting. They hired counselors. Um, Yes, that's an interesting one. We live in a day, ladies, where it seems that everybody's going to a counselor for something, for this or for that. Why Why is everybody running to counselors these days? Why don't they run into the Lord? Why don't they run to the Word? I mean, the Word, the Word of God is our greatest counsellor. Psalm 119 verse 24 says, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counsellors. Do you know that I have always found an answer for every single thing I've ever wanted to get an answer about? I've found it in the Word of God. You can find it if you search for it. It is there. God's words are our counsellors. Now, I know there are some godly counsellors. Actually, they're rather hard to find because there are so many humanistic counsellors today, even in the church. Just because they're in the church does not mean to say that they are truly a godly counsellor. Many are guided by humanistic uh, um, understanding. Most counsellors have uh, their, decre- their degrees in psychology and, and sociology and that's and, uh, all humanistic. And so people are running to these counsellors and they're getting humanistic counselling, which is not going to help at all. And so... These adversaries, they hired counsellors. Oh yes, and what were those counsellors going to do? They weren't going to help them to build. They were going to stop them building. They were going to frustrate what they were trying to do. And so we have to be careful, ladies, where we run to as our source. Who is our source? Isn't it God? Look, he is our source. He is enough. He is the God who is enough. If your God is not enough, it's not the God of the Bible. You have a God of your own imagination. If your God is not able, and you've got to run off to some counselor, I mean, God is enough. We can find our victory. We can find our deliverance. We can find our healing. We can find our comfort. We can find our encouragement in him and in his word. Amen. And so we do have to watch that. Um, The message Bible of that scripture says, so these people started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them as they built. They even hired propagandists to sap their resolve. Oh, my, how the enemy loves to sap our resolve, to just take away our energy, take away our purpose, take away uh, even the truth from us and and just fill us with all this other stuff. Oh, and, and isn't it amazing that there are counselors today in the church who even advise young couples to Well, please delay your childbearing. Just wait till you've got your house and you've got everything. And, uh, you know, you better make sure you just limit your family. Hey, where did they get all that junk from? It's humanistic counselling. It doesn't come from the word of God. And so we have to watch that. But time has gone. So let's pray. Dear Father, I pray... For every precious mother today who's feeling discouraged Oh God, we know just how easy it is to feel discouraged But Lord God, I pray that you will just remind these precious ladies today That this you didn't give them this discouragement It comes from the enemy And Lord, I pray that you will help them to look up to you. Oh God, to know that you have not deserted them, that you are with them. You're with them right there in their situation. You're with them right there in their home, with all they are facing in their marriage, with their challenges, with their children. With the circumstances, Lord, that maybe they're facing at this time Lord God, lift their hearts up to you You're the one who lifts up those who are bowed down Lord, you can straighten our backs Lord, you lift us up I pray that you will lift these precious ladies up Lord, up from their pit of discouragement Up to a higher plane a plane where you want them to be, Lord. Where you, we are, the truth is, we are seated with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord God, save us from, Lord, just coming down to this pit of self-pity and discouragement. Lord God, help us to see where you have placed us in you, in Christ, and seated at the right hand Of the Father in Christ. Thank you Lord. Oh Father pour out your blessing. And your encouragement. And your comfort. And your love. All over them today Lord God. Oh Father just come to them. Let them feel your presence. Surrounding them. and Just Lord all around them. And filling them Lord God. Oh, I ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.